Welcome to the Recon Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting about fetish relationships. Today, I'll be joined by Recon members, Leader of the Pack and Leader's Boy, also known as English Leather Master and ELM Sub, and talk about how they've integrated the Dom-Sub dynamic into their relationship as life partners. Enjoy the episode. Okay, so for those of you who might know, um, in season one of the Recon Podcast, we did a very interesting one on relationship dynamics. When it comes to relationships, we know that most kinksters have a very different definition of what they think a relationship should be compared to a high percentage of non-kinksters that have, let's say, mainstream relationships, or we go, you know, the vanilla types. Um, it was interesting to find out after this uh, episode we did in season in season one, how many different types of relationship dynamics there are out there and what some of them were called. And one thing that stood out for most of us during that particular episode was consensual non-monogamy, also known as open relationships, which I think is what seems to work for most people. And it was incredibly interesting to get so much feedback from kinksters who thought that this was the, I say in quotes, only type of relationship that fetish guys should or could have. Um, you know, we've talked with other kinksters who were polyamorous or in multiple relationship dynamics. Um, and let's not forget the far and few between uh, those who love to hate uh, monogamous relationships for some strange reason the M word remains completely taboo uh, <laughs> in the fetish relationship dynamic um, I was having a chat with another kingster a few days ago and we had a laugh uh, and he seemed completely hell bent out of shape that anything which wasn't dictate to a heteronormative style relationship would work for him. And the M word was something he had actually deleted from his BDSM test results because <laughs> he didn't want the word mentioned at all. It's really <laughs> funny how we get triggered when, you know, the topic of relationships mm -hmm. come up. Um, so I thought, well, let's get the pros on if I would dare to call them pros, but let's get the pros on and chat to them about what actually constitutes uh, a relationship, what constitutes maybe, let's say, a good relationship. Um, and especially, I think a lot of us would be interested. Uh, they've managed to integrate, if I can say that, um, you know, a sub dom dynamic into their everyday uh life you know life partnership relationship um i think it's always quite tricky you know when someone says i want to do this and in my mind i think you know i could have a relationship with someone but could i survive this dynamic in a 24 7 headspace i i think personally it would it would drive me nuts um <laughs> And and that's just the nature of, of who I am. Yeah, it's a little bit of sometimes I'm a little bit free spirited and sometimes I like my rules and my boundaries as well. But mm. I know that, you know, as we always know, that different types of relationships work for different people, no matter whether they're gay, straight, bi, whatever gender dynamic they fall into, there is something for everyone and not everyone not everything works for everyone and we shouldn't expect that what works for me will work for you, will work for mm. Sean, will work for David. Um, 
So let's find out what works for our two guests. So please welcome to the podcast, uh, Leader's Boy and English Leather Master. Guys, welcome to the Recon Podcast. Nice to have you on. Thank you so much for having us here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, first of all, I, I should probably ask, how should I address you? Okay, so um, I'm variously known. Uh, so uh, on Recon for many, many, many years, I've been leader of the pack. Um, I, my real name is Matthew, and I use that professionally as well. Um, and I'm also known as English Leather Master. So you can call me anything you would like. <laughs> okay. Call you Master. And introduce yourself. I'm... You, you call me boy. Um, obviously, you've covered um, my name, um, but you can call me whatever, Paul or, yeah, Paul, I guess. Um, yeah. I think it's always a very interesting topic because most times we go out and we meet people in public and you're not often sure of exactly what the protocol is. And for yeah. me, I always think it's the best thing to do sometimes is to just ask. So yeah. if anyone mm -hmm. is listening, you don't know, best thing to do, just ask. I agree. And I think, yeah. Most times you find that people are quite relaxed about it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, it's, I know that it, I am. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's uh, jumping to just jumping over the, the the question that we were talking about. Um, one of the things that we we we, we gave a talk at and Claw in um, in Cleveland earlier this year, um, and one of the the points that came from the audience was about consent. And in particular, consent about what you can expect for other people. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are doms out there who expect people to use honorifics just because they've got it on their recon profile. And my view on that one has always been, I haven't earned it yet. So, you know, if I was to say, Antoine, you must call me master or sir because I'm 100% top or whatever. It's like, well, how dare I ask you? So, you know what? I'm a human being. Call me what you want. I <laughs> I call everybody what they want, and they usually <laughs> call me what they want, that's for sure. Okay, so we'll, I'll ask a few like generic questions, and then maybe you guys can elaborate mm -hmm. on a few other points. So sure. how long have you been together? So um, even that's a complicated question, but it isn't, isn't it always in, in, in fetish relationships? So we, we met was almost four years ago now. Um, and we met in Gran Canaria off, uh, a, a, off a, a dating app that, funnily enough, wasn't Recon. As <laughs> you do. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the last times I used it, you know, pointless app, obviously. Um, uh, we met and it was just, you know, we, we had some fun, subdom fun. Uh, but I was living in Thailand and my boy was living in London or, or in England um, and so we sort of spent two years with a long distance subdom master slave relationship. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I came over in April, no, March, 2020 for a funeral. And then something changed around the world. I can't quite remember what it was. That Ooh, changed yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a case of, do I go back to Thailand to lock down for what everyone thought was going to be, you know, a couple of weeks mm -hmm. Or do I stay around? Um, ended up shacking up with this one. And then over the last sort of three years, uh, two, two, two years since then, um, suddenly realized that actually he was more than just a boy. He was something else as well in my, my life. So, yeah. yeah. 
so what four years in total two years as 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 partners yeah uh yeah we sort of gradually sort of transitioned and brought the two together yeah yeah as we worked out what that looked like and i think during this time i'm guessing you like when you're starting a relationship which is long distance and for the most part probably virtual rather than anything else was it or how challenging was it to come from that both be in the same place and then try to see how you gelled together or Mm. not because a lot of times people will figure out like we're great online and the minute you meet it's like oh no this is this is this is this is so different. So I I found it a natural transition from like a long distance relationship to where we are now. Um, part of that is because we know who we are as people. I think we have the same outlook on life, and we've always got on. From I think certainly for me, from the moment we met, um, I, I I think it possibly helps. We both made. Uh, similar decisions uh, and, and mistakes in the past. We've both come out of very long relationships. So I was in an 18-year relationship, Vanilla. Uh, Paul was in a, a 20-year relationship. So we 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 both had uh, children during that time, stepchildren or, or in, on my part, an adopted child on Paul's part. Uh, so we, we came from a, uh, a place and we had similar needs. Yeah, We spent those two years um, that we were apart we met regularly in various parts of the world, but also um, uh, we, 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 we talked a lot and not just about the fetish stuff. So it was about my business and Paul's business and our relationships and who we were with. So we, we knew quite a lot about each other by that, that point, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just, it's been the process of evolution. We've talked a lot. And I think one of the big things for me is since meeting master is I've understood myself more. I've accepted myself more. I've overcome some of the shame issues that I had before and all that sort of stuff. And now I flipped to completely the opposite and we just got on and we just, sorry, I'm laughing there. I'm laughing. You can flip to complete opposite. <laughs> but we've, but we've, we've just always got on and we've always spoken. Um, and I think one of the things for me, I think the only potential challenge or problem that I, not problem as such, um, but one thing that I've always been keen to keep is the subdom dynamic. Yeah. And I think we've managed to achieve that, but also brought together living together you know we've brought a house recently so we've kind of brought what some would call the traditional vanilla values of a relationship and our subdom relationship and sort of merged the two is the only way i'd put it it's it's actually been quite quite useful being dom in the relationship and being i think you'd agree this the stronger one in in the sort of emotional side of things <laughs> as well in the I'm, I'm, I'm able to go, you are going to tell me what's on your mind and you can't say no. Um, and so I, I managed to pull out, even when he doesn't know that there's something on his mind, I can work it out. Um, I've, I've, I've told people before, he's got a tick when I can read his mind because he has a particular thing he does uh, with his body when there's something going on. And, and I read it like a book and I'm like, okay, tell me what's going on. He's like, I have nothing. I'm like, no, tell me. <laughs> and that, yeah, so so by 
using that dumb power yeah. um, in a sort of positive way to, to make the communication really, really open, mm. that's really helped in that. We we know that sometimes, um, you know, with relationships, there's always uh, an exchange. Is your relationship a total power exchange one? Who's in charge? So um, to to uh, start that whole thing off, we, we always start our talks and, and podcasts and everything by saying that um, in our relationship, um, Paul's job is to make my, my life better. And therefore, at, at all points, no matter what we're doing, um, he's there to make me better. And that, in, in terms of podcasts and things like that, can mean he can interrupt me. Uh, because he might uh, have something to say that would make what we're saying clearer or better. Or quite often he says, Master, please shut up. You're making a fool of yourself. Um, <laughs> you like that. Well, he wouldn't well say done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do, do you want to uh, explain what you see as our relationship? Yeah, so I would say overall we've got a TPE to power exchange relationship overall and ultimately. Um, and there's a point here in that TPE, I think, is different to different people. It's all about meaning and context. So um, other people we've met before will have a different view of what TPE means, and it varies on who you talk to. So I think there, there's something there as well, but it's always what the individual expects and what is TPE in its first place in the first place. Um, and that's all about discussion between the two people as well, I think. Um, I think there are times and the where... I, you know, the, the, the TPE is always there, but you will ask me to, I, I, you know, for instance, when we're going on holiday and looking at flights, you, you don't say, I want this flight. I go away and look at the options and come up with the suggestions. And then. So I think, would- I think the basic idea is that I can veto everything, but I don't need to decide everything. You know, I don't, I, I have absolutely zero interest in choosing what underwear you're wearing or the, 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 you know, the, the, shampoo we're buying or or whatever Mm. i don't want to come to the supermarket every time you go shopping because Mm. you know that that's for you to do to make my life better so yes you make decisions also you know although i could say right now get down suck my dick if he said but i've got master i've got a sore throat i'd be like okay fair enough you've given me some more data i can deal with that data and decide whether i'm going to take notice of yours or not so um I, I see our relationship in very much a case of um, the, the nearest I can come to is, is uh, a very trusted second in command in, in, in leadership role uh, rather than, you know, the CEO and the, 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 the post, you know, the, the, um, the male boy. Um, you know, we're, we're very close to each other, but you do, you do defer to me on the big stuff. Yeah, but also I think it's going back to the point about what is TPE. Um, for me, if it was like having no thought, no emotion whatsoever, and literally deferring to you on everything, I don't personally, for me, that's not sustainable in a 24-7, 365 sort of environment. Because my view on this is we're all humans. We all need to grow and think. And if you're not allowed to do that, I don't think it's personally, it's hel- it's not. It's certainly not healthy for me. Um, that's what I would say, but uh, it's also situational as well. I think so the household stuff aside, we need to live. You're not interested in what we have, how I cook the food and 
what you have. Well, well no, I, I, I am interested, but he knows my, my, my interests in that. He knows you know, your he, taste. Yeah, 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 he knows my taste. Yeah. I don't defer to you and say, is it okay if I buy this from Tesco and all that sort of yeah. stuff? Other supermarkets are available, but... Um, yeah, and, but, and, and yes, we will have discussions and he does have very, very strong opinions about certain things and, and you know, where we go and a style of living and the <laughs> the classes of airline that we, 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 we fly. Um, but, you know. but even then, um, when we fly down to the recon party in a couple of weeks, you're flying club and I'm flying in the, in the back. Yeah, but that's, only because, but, but that's only to do with tier points. It's nothing to do with that. But, but that's what he's... <laughs> <laughs> but but actually so on that one that that's an interesting example that that we would normally sit together in the same class but it happens that that his ticket is supposed to be a business class ticket in order to hit him over a, a tier point thing but i'm taking that ticket because that is for me to take yeah and for him yeah. to be up front would be weird for both of us i couldn't cope with it and even at the beginning of this podcast when you said his name first we both went <laughs> so it's it's so in, ingrained it's not it's yeah. not it yeah. just felt odd in the it's same really way just, he has to sit on that side of me it feels weird if he doesn't but, it's just something we've fallen into but on that point on, on the name thing that goes back to the point we made at the beginning isn't it you can't expect other people to know no, no. unless if, if you have an expectation you have to communicate that expectation absolutely with absolutely and, and you know Antoine doesn't have to, to as I said doesn't have to defer to me on anything because it's not his place to do so. But um, I think our overall way of working is, is I'm allowed to think and talk to, and explain things to you, but you have the ultimate say, but it's also situational. So if we're out and about and we're with um, friends in the kink community, it will perhaps be more elevated. If we're out at parties, it will be more elevated with parents, with family. It's downplayed because with the best will in the world, I don't think they would completely understand it. And no, but they're aware of certain dynamics, but not the full picture, I would say. Yeah. I've, got, I've got two questions, and I yeah. think it may actually relate to some of this that you're talking about right now. The first one, I'm going to ask Paul. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that it was important for you to have this subdom dynamic in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And why was that? Why was that so important for you to maintain that? Not just in, if you're like in, in play mode, you know, or yeah. if you're in role play mode rather, yeah. but why throughout your relationship was it important that this dynamic remained? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. So you mentioned one word there, which is play and role play. And I get that's a thing for some people. But for me, it's a way of life. It's not something that I switch on and switch off. It comes from in here, come from, you know, from within within me. It's part of who I am. And I've gone through life not knowing at times what to do with it it's got channeled in the wrong ways and i will openly admit this into um, some personally destructive behaviors against myself because i just did not know what to do with it and what it all meant um as time has gone on i've met people and then i met master and it's all suddenly fell into place and i know what it means but it was important to me because it's part of my identity um it sounds i was going to say i'm a follower i'm not always a follower i can be proactive but i respond well to control the security it gives um 
Have you got a view on that, Master? <laughs> Many things to say. Um, yeah, the, the question was for you. Yeah, but essentially it's it just comes down to it's part of who I am. It's, it's very hard to explain because it comes from within here. Just like I know that a vanilla relationship is not for me, it would just not give – it would just not be as fulfilling. Yeah. I feel I'm more whole by embracing that vanilla side, if that makes sense, and the – submissive side and pulling the two together i can't really explain it any other way than just saying it's just it's just me it's is it more me. like is it more like saying that for you it's innate it's just a natural part of who you are and it just feels normal for this your relationship or for you to adopt this role in the relationship yeah absolutely i saw a great phrase on a t-shirt the other day that said vanilla scares me and i think that's so, so cool. <laughs> i mean i like it on cake and ice cream and it's all yeah, right there you know that, that's good but but this, again this is whole but this is part of it all in my view it's taken me to this point in life to work it all out but it's about recognizing who you are and being what what you are and not Throwing everyone's expectations and stereotypes and all that sort of stuff, parking it to one side and understanding who you are, what makes you tick, what doesn't make you tick, and going from there and trying not to be pressured into getting to that point. And my second question, maybe Matthew, I'd like you to start the answer for this. And Paul, I'm sure you may have something else to add on to at the end. But it was just... It just came into my head, you know, listening to you talk about maybe your f a family's reactions to certain things. Mm. And it made me think, like, does having this kind of, I guess, 24-7 dynamic, does this overspill into your, your work life, your professional life, into the, let's say, vanilla relationships you have with other friends and family who may not be kinksters? How does this... How does this manifest outside of when you go out the front door and you're interacting with other people? So, um, it, 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 yes, um, I think was the answer to the question. It totally <laughs> interacts um, because we've got to that point in life that we really don't we, we don't want to hide who we are anymore. Yeah. Um, we both came out of, uh, as I say vanilla um open relationships on my side it was a um explicitly open relationship i believe on your side it, it was a uh don't ask don't tell more type relationship it was more sort of one-sided but yeah, the, que yeah. the question so, so, for you but yeah yeah sorry I, no I, I i no you carry on <laughs> thank you mm. um <laughs> uh so my so I, my, my main, main job is, uh, I, I, I coach LGBT plus and kinky people. And I'm really explicit about that. That's where the, the whole English leather master moniker came from was, was bringing that forward. Um, and 90% of my time is spent in that world now. And I, and I love it. And I love just being really open. And then, you know, I go back to my parents and funny enough, we, we we had a discussion about this just yesterday. Uh, and I've become a little bit of a sulky schoolboy because I'm not able to be dumb, dumb anymore. And yes, uh, if we're at my parents' house, you'll make a, a tea for me. But then mum will go, why is Paul making all the drinks? And why won't you get him one? And I'll be like, mum, just don't, just don't go there. And she knows some of what we do. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 
there's a quote or two about, yes. oh, you're not going into London to do that again. Um, and she knows about our online presences, but it's a bit of a don't ask, don't tell again, isn't well, it? Well, it is, but I remember being down there, Master, and at, at your parents' house, and they asked, she said, why are you going into London? It's like, you're not making porn again, are you? <laughs> so it's just, they are aware, but it's, I think you also have to be respectful of other people. Mm. So you... I would not impose it on anybody. So I think it's assessing where people are and feeding them the information that they want. Um, more more to the point, the information they need. I mean, I'm, uh, my parents don't need to know about what we get up to. So they, you know. But in, if I may say, Master, on, on that side, for me, it feels like I'm suppressing the way I operate inside, if that makes sense. Mm. It's very hard to explain, but I'm not my whole self. And I can do it for like when we go and see parents and family for a couple of days, but much more than that, we almost come back to here and just sort of re reground sort of thing. Don't we? And because it's like, yeah, I was, I was thinking about your, your question to Paul just now. And when you were answering, I was thinking it's a little bit like a band. You, you can only have one lead singer and and then you'll have a bassist who's really good at bass. And if you yeah. didn't have the bassist, it wouldn't sound so good. Yeah. And it feels a bit like that in, in, in our relationship, that you're very good at what you do and I'm pretty good at what I do. And when we go into the more, you know, and it basically is only now family. Everyone else knows who we are. Yeah. And, I mean, well, family do too, but um, we, we, we dial it down then it feels like we've become a boy band and it, it feels a bit alien because yeah. that's not what we do. I was it just feels like say, you're pretending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just literally going to say what you mentioned role play earlier and it's like flipping it the other way around. It's almost like going into role play to yeah. push, not be your full self, if that makes sense. Yeah. Need something tight and shiny for a special event? Want ideas for your next session? At Regulation, we're stocking thousands of products, including leather, rubber, toys, electro, restraints, and playroom furniture. Now shipping worldwide, or get free UK shipping when you spend over £25. Visit our London store or shop online at regulation.co.uk. Regulation Kink Delivered. So I, I have another question, uh, and either of you can tackle this one. We know that there's, or otherwise I know, maybe a lot of the listeners may not know, that outside of just having an amazing cache of um, pictures and images on your profiles and all the other bits <laughs> that you do, whether it's uh, your recon profiles or your social media profiles, that you not only look good, but you actually do a lot of good uh, around and for the BDSM community. And you do talks and workshops and all sorts of other things. And can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe let our listeners know some of the other things that you guys are involved in? Because I think these kinds of talks, especially if people know that you're having them or that they're out there, um, there are probably a lot of people who would be very interested um, 
in talking about, you know, relationships and relationship dynamics and how you might work through these little obstacles and problems uh, that can potentially arise. So tell us about your BDSM community work. Right. So we we have a, a big part of what we're doing is recognizing the fact that in particular for gay men, there are essentially three big different generations of gay men. There's the, 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 the generation above us who were the generation that was absolutely decimated by AIDS. Um, we were both born um, late enough that by the time we became sexual active, we knew about HIV, we knew how to stay safe. Um, the uh, HIV drugs were being developed as I was uh, a teenager, um, and and you, um, and and so our generation is the first lucky generation to not have had, um, you know, a new funeral every week and all of our friends disappear. And then there's the generation, this was the prep generation, um, once. HIV became a an illness that you could deal with with a, a daily drug that 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 the world became different again. But what's always struck me is that no one teaches us to be gay, let alone kinky and gay. Um, you know, if you're if you're straight, uh, then generally, you know, the the your parents demonstrate what what relationships are good or bad um the 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 churches and the the mosques of the world tell you what what a good relationship should look like and um tv and film and all the rest of it do now now very very recently there's been more role models on on tv when we grew up it was basically freddie mercury wasn't out george michael wasn't out liberace wasn't out you know we, we didn't have anyone um so we had to learn off this empty generation. And we really feel that it's important to rekindle that feeling of elders in our community. What we are not doing is telling anyone what to do. We, we don't believe that we've got the answers. So we, we've gone out there and we've done uh, talks. We've done talks at uh, Claw, at Darklands. We're doing the recon talk in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we have done podcasts. We've done, um, I, my, with my coaching work, I, I've done a load of, um, uh, you know, written ebooks and I've written and done presentations and things. And the other thing that we did all the way through lockdown was we did a, what, what started as a twice weekly, uh, Zoom chat with up to 30 people, uh, each week. Um, and that was a really interesting one in that it grew this group who, started all over the place and they've become friends and we're watching all of our little friends become friends with each other in the real world now that they can see each other in 3D. And we've done done all of that to try and just be those elders and go, you know what, we don't care what you're into or who you're into, what you like doing, but let's make a safe space to allow you to discuss that and feel that. Because the other side of it is that... um, especially these days where everything is sort of driven by pornography and the the gay pornography, PDSM pornography becomes more and more focused on certain body types and certain activities. Um, 
it's very easy to believe that if you don't have a nine inch cock, if you don't have a six pack, if you're out of your twenties, if you can't take three fists up your ass in one go uh, with no lube, then you're doing something wrong. And so another thing we've tried to do is to say, you know what, there's real life out there too. And you can um, have some fun with it and you can fail miserably and you can try lots of things. And you don't have to be a pro at all of this and you can look like us. Um, and hopefully that's doing, have you got, um, if I, yeah, if I may master, um, I think just to echo what master said there is I, I'm, I don't go out there to tell anybody what to do or to have the answers. Um, I, I, and in fact, cause I, I, I just, I know that I'm not equipped to do that. One of my beliefs is if we look at my journey through life, I've experienced a lot of suppressing who I am through shame and judgment and trying to live up to others' expectations and things like that. And what I see through my contacts and talking to people, these groups that master mentioned that we've run, um, you, you see it on Twitter, people the stereotypes and sometimes people think they need to behave in a certain way. Even in a fetish relationship, you have to do things in a certain way. And I think what we're just trying to show is you can actually just be just completely you with it and almost throw off that judgment and shame. And that's what we push out on social media and stuff like that is, you know, I'm not the best looking person in the world. I haven't got a six pack. I hardly go to the gym sort of thing, but it's just like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. And just, it's just, tr I think it's, if I could, and a couple of people have come up to me after our talks of late and just really thanked, thanked us for it. It's, but if, if I can just help one or two people out there, then it's job done sort of thing. It's, um, I think, I guess it's almost trying to challenge and push back on some of the stuff that comes through, through media, social media, whatever. And just saying to people, just, you know, if it doesn't work for you, just question it and be yourself sort of thing. And I know sometimes that's also a really hard thing. So it's almost like allyship as well, I think. And, um, and what I'm also doing is just um, after this call, actually, I've got to go on an online course. I'm, I'm currently going through three years training to be a counsellor. But one of the things I really want to do with that is give it back to the community and do voluntary work at some of the organisations. Um, because I know from what I see online and speaking to people, there's such demand out there. Um, and it can be a lonely place to be for people. So it's just just being fun i think and um being real i think is essentially the word yeah you know, i think we've made a very conscious decision to put more of our life online than other people would be comfort comfortable to do because there are very few people out there who do it and the more people who feel comfortable to share who they are we're not saying us our relationship yeah. is the best we we just want people to recognize that, that there are options out there. Yeah, I think I would would say too that this, you know, brings up something that you guys have talked about before and it was about being your authentic selves. Mm. Um, and I think by what you do, you also challenge the generic fetish stereotypes, if I would ever use that word. Um, <laughs> You know, but I think it what another thing that it also challenges, I think, is the what we might call stereotypical relationships. Um, mm. 
and you know that that brings me to the next question what i mean you hear people say this all the time you know i'm in a fetish relationship what exactly does that mean what does a fetish relationship mean what is it no, but and 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 this is the thing it can be anything from mm. 2 hours on a recon uh, meet that that you've planned well that that you have for that 2 hours a really good relationship to yeah. meeting people i mean i've got slaves who um to the point and and when i say i've got slaves they 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 will do anything i want when i'm with them uh, they have my tattoo on their on their arms and they have for the last 12 years um and one's in um in uh, continental europe and one's in in america um and you know i i met them in my late 20s and i meet them i mean obviously for for, for uh due to covid i hadn't seen one of them for two years until just very recently um and then all the way up to a total power exchange relationship and everything in between. And I mean, when I'm coaching, I've got one, one client, she's got a girlfriend, uh, no, she's got a boyfriend. Uh, she's got a sadist. She's got, um, various people she, she's rope bunny for, um, uh, she's got people that she spanks and she's in relationships with all of them. And I don't think she would see herself as poly as such because each one of those relationships is different. So she has, a loving relationship with some someone, a a sort of physical spanking relationship with another person, and they're all relationships. So, and again, the the, the basic message if you've got one is do what the fuck you want because no yep. who who on earth is going to tell you you're wrong unless and and there's a big unless unless it's unconsensual. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the big one. But it's it's also about a little bit about labels as well. I hate labels because I think they can actually be really destructive. Because by having a label, sometimes it encourages people to live up to certain expectations and things like that. So, you know, even the word fetish that could be different to me, could be different to you, could be different to somebody else down the street. Relationship, as I've just discussed, and then when you go into the more granular level, like sadist, masochist, it just drives expectation. So I, think, I just I think, think people, and I get why people have those labels and expectations, though, as well, because it's all about tribalism and community. I don't know if it's even that. I personally, we slightly disagree on this one. I think it's shorthand, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. There are some people who kind of function within these, I want to say boxes, but they function well yeah. within these boxes. They yeah. need, if they maybe don't have a, an identifier that they have themselves, yeah. they need maybe someone to give them one. Yeah. Or they need to grab one from somewhere else that just for them, that label may ground them. Yes. Yeah. And and I think you're right. And one of the other things I've done in, in coaching calls with people is to develop the persona, which, which some people would say is playing a role or, or, or acting or something. But often it's, you know, when I was a teacher and I was Mr. So-and-so in when I was teaching and I was Matthew at home, when I put my suit on, I became Mr. So-and-so. Mr. So-and-so was a certain version of me and Matthew was another one. And I used yeah. to get very confused on non-uniform days because I was wearing trainers and <laughs> being Mr. So-and-so. That didn't yeah. quite work. It didn't link. 
Um, and so, you know, when I walk into a recon party, I'm just a little bit more upright and just a little bit more dumb looking than when I'm sitting on the sofa here <laughs> watching Netflix. You know, um, the fact that he might be massaging me, my feet here is, you know. <laughs> that's something really interesting. I asked, I want to ask this question as well, because I know it's something that's very interesting for different couples I've spoken to before. When you're out at an event, is it important for you to have people recognize that you're in a relationship and for them to recognize that this definite dynamic, this power exchange exists within your relationship. How vital is that to, let's say, the success of your relationship or the strength of it? That's a really, really good question. (laughs) I have them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. So... There is, okay, to start with, we enjoy our, our power exchange relationship. We enjoy being master-slave. And, and when you can really dial it up, you know, if you go to, to some of the bars in London or, 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 or on the continent or the recon parties or whatever, then you can really dial it up. And it's, it's, it's fun and it's enjoyable. And uh, that's, that's great. Um, interestingly... I met four years ago an incredibly introverted man who wouldn't say boo to a goose and had some very destructive, as he said, fantasies. And I brought him up. And by the way, one of the things I'm very, very proud of is I used to be, and there's probably people listening to this going, uh, no, I encountered you 10 years ago. You're a dick. <laughs> um, and I was because I thought Doming was pushing people down. And I've decided over over the last few years that doming is pulling people up. So I turned this introvert, who wouldn't say boo to goose, to a guy who gave a presentation in front of 150 people and claw um, and loved it and was really good. And I'm so proud of that. But then we were standing in a bar in, a, in Antwerp after, after Darklands the other day, and I was talking to someone and... No, they weren't talking to you. And that really upset you that you weren't part of that conversation. You were felt pushed out. Now, some sort of gimp type slaves um, would find that as absolutely, um, you know, appropriate. In our relationship, we've become much more equal in our in the way that other people should see us. So I, do, I, I don't think that people should see you as a slave and treat you as a slave. And there's one person in particular I can think of who will literally come up and say, right, Matthew, I want a word with you. You slave, fuck off. You, we don't need to talk to you. And that person's gone down in both of our estimations because of that. However, as I say, it's quite nice when he goes and gets the drinks, but I'm bigger and I always get the drinks quicker. Because like, <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> but, but, but that's that's a really good example of where the power exchange doesn't, the theory of it doesn't, it works, going against it works far better. So, yeah. you know, you just gave the example of a bar. I, it would take me half an hour, whereas you can wade your way through to the front within seconds sort of thing, you know. So, so- Makes so much more sense. You would both agree that I think that there is definitely some benefit in your relationship to having this dynamic, whether it's for the sole purpose of just the relationship or for you individually. So maybe I ask this, just think of one, if you could each think of one 
advantage. Maybe that you may not even have necessarily thought about sharing so openly with the other that I love this about our dynamic because I get this all the time. Da, da, da. What is that one thing, that one advantage that you really like about your power dynamic? I So I can start in the... <laughs> I'm really not very organized and I'm really, really not interested in detail. And so I don't have to remember dates. I don't have to remember places. I don't have to remember where the links are stored for coming on podcasts. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't have to deal with that shit because <laughs> I just delegate it all. So <laughs> that is definitely an advantage. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I will also put in that I don't clean the toilet, and that's definitely an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> What's an advantage for you? Um, so I'm just going to say it. Growth. I believe in growing as a human being and learning. And it took me until this point to realize it. But one thing that you do is encourage and nudge me, sometimes push me gently to do, to learn, to grow. To, and um, I'm a much better person. I have a much more healthier outlook on life. Um, yeah. Hmm. Rather than a specific thing, I think I'm talking more generally. But it's good. It yeah. Means, it, it's something that I, could, I see this question has made both of you think uh, mm, about yeah. this yeah. point. I've never, I've never been asked it before. Never. No, it's and it's, it's really interesting because that then rolls me so wonderfully into my next question. <laughs> because <laughs> I can see your now. brains going like around in circles. Da, da, da. And my next one is about, you know, something that, we all know all relationships need in order to not just to survive, but to thrive. And it's on things like understanding um, communication, uh -huh. consent, boundaries, um, you know, what works for you, what works for the other. If you don't have these things, I think you're, you're in complete chaos. So how, how important have you found these issues in strengthening your relationship, in strengthening this this dom sub, this BDSM, this fetish they're, style of relationship, they're they're really important. Um, so I always talk about data with him, and and I talk about the fact that I let's 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 take a, a really banal example. If we were choosing which restaurant to go to, um, I would say to him, "What sort of food do you fancy?" Um, and I might be thinking, "I really want Thai." And he might be going, yeah, but I'm going to a recon party tomorrow. Eating Thai today may not be the best plan. That's I agree. Data. I could yeah. be a complete cunt and go, we're going to go to the Thai, Thai restaurant and you can eat prawn crackers all evening. Yeah. Or I could take that data into account and listen to it. And that is my choice. Generally, I wouldn't be a cunt because I can wait another day for Thai food. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so... I think it's really important. And as I said, one of the nice things about my position in life is I can go, right, you are going to tell me what you're thinking now. And sometimes he'll go, I haven't even worked out what I'm thinking. And then we'll talk it out. And mm -hmm. and I sort of <laughs> I bully the truth out of you. Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't think you bully the truth out of me. Sometimes there's things that you think, 
oh my God, I'm not sure I should say that because other subdom dynamic, I, I may have a certain view on that. Or because in my previous relationship, they would have been just, you wouldn't say them because they, it would actually really cause problems in some relationships, you know, like um, other people bringing other people in and, and things like that. It's, um, but I've never had or been in a relationship where I can literally walk around with an empty head and all the information is, you know, what I'm planning for master's birthday and stuff like that. Okay, he hasn't got that yet. He's absolutely like- <laughs> rubbish with, with the phone. <laughs> but the, the point is, is, it's just a completely clear, open communicate. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. um, and I think that is probably the biggest thing i've a learned and i think is really really important to me um it's a that two-way communication and saying things like you said i can't remember what it was but you said i've got something to tell you it was like oh god what's coming and i didn't like what was said but i like the fact that you told me that because it's just that upfront open and honesty and immediacy i think um yeah it's so important so important yeah, and I mean, you, you just mentioned. I, I think you just mentioned talking, uh, bringing other people into a relationship, and and we we both were in open relationships. We we had that first couple of years of being apart that that we played with other people, we did other things, we had other relationships of one sort or another, and then we got together in lockdown, and and our relationship changed in lockdown, and since lockdown, it's been trying to work out what that relationship looks like afterwards and whether we're using the M word or the monogamish word or the open part or the polygamous part. And, and we're having those conversations about what we both feel safe in and feels good for us and what we enjoy and who we meet and under what circumstances and what's on the table and what's not. And all of that is talked about and the boundaries. And sometimes it comes down to we'll try something and then it doesn't feel good or, or for, for one or the other person. And we'll say, and, and generally it, it goes along the lines of master, something's gone on in the corner over there in a, in a back room in a recon party or something. I go, listen, that made me feel uncomfortable. Don't do that again. But because I didn't tell you up front, then it's, it's not, you know, you haven't done something wrong. And now and then he'll come to me and go, master, I'm, I don't know how to say this, but when you did this, I felt a bit like that. And then I'll go, "Mm, okay, now I make a decision about whether I take that into account or just tell him to suck it. But, but you know, it's but it's all there. It's in front of us, and we discuss those things. But I, I, I just as I do, normally when I communicate things like that, I'm not as blunt as that. I'll no. sort of find a way within the subdominant dynamic to say to Master that I, there's something I want to talk about, or something. I don't just go wading in there. That's not my style anyway, as a person. Um, but something else came up there, which was boundaries. That is so, so important. I think particularly if you are venturing into an open relationship, whatever word you want to put on it, um, well, actually not just being an open relationship, I think in any relationship, relationship. it's about what works, what doesn't work, and being honest about that. And one of the things I was saying to somebody at Claw, and they said they they, they really thanked me for it, is that you don't necessarily have to go with the tide. If something is going no in here, 
you're better to call it out and have a conversation with it than run with it and it cause absolute mayhem down further down the road sort of thing. And again, it just comes back to the communication thing. It may be hard, but you're better off just being upfront and honest with it from the off, I think. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, you have to get yourself to that place. Yeah. I think boundaries are one of the things that we talk about in, in the talk that we'll give uh, for, for recon masterclasses. And one of the big things is that if you read anyone's recon profiles, they'll, they'll have a load of boundaries about physical things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm into this. I'm not into that. But I think boundaries are bigger than that. And, and one of the most obvious in, in gay, in particular, gay kink relationships is other people. And whether we're talking about playing with other people or how other people are taken into account. So if I was a dom and I was one of my slaves was uh, in a relationship, their primary partner, do they have a say in how long I put them into the, my slave into chastity for, for example? Who, who gets to choose what they're doing on a Saturday night if I'm the one that they, I want them to, to be on, on webcam and, and their primary partner wants them to, to go out with them? You know, that all has to be discussed. And actually, it's one of the things I think is great about fetish is that everything is on the table and can, well, can be on the table. And therefore, it's absolutely right to talk about it. And I think that if you go in with your eyes open, you can be really you can have much more interesting times in lives and, and relationships. Um, the last thing I'd say is, and, and I've said this time and again, but I think it's important for people to say, it's absolutely fine to say absolutely not to certain things. And in particular, I think about anal sex. Um, I, I, not enough people say it's okay to say, I don't want anal. And the number of times I, as a top, not necessarily even in, in, in uh, doming, have met someone who says, you know, I'm more orally focused. And then when you go back there and you start playing and then something happens, you realize actually there's something very traumatic. They, yeah. you know, it's like, just say it up front. And then if people don't want it, if, if, you know, they don't want to meet you, they don't want to meet you, but, but just, just, it's fine. You cannot want things, and that's okay. Yeah, and this goes back to trying to be real and stuff like that. You're far better out hunting the people with that authentic self-focus and get true compatibility. Mm. Of course, that works in the on the other way. You're working, you're expecting the other person to be completely upfront and honest as well, mm. as opposed to trying to go with the tide. And it just, and which is where I went, and it ended up in some really destructive behaviors in the mm. past with myself. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, there we go. And, and just as we start to wind, wind up our chat a bit, I wanted to just touch on one or two other points. And mm. there was the one thing about, you know, what would you, what would your advice be to anyone else who's considering entering, uh, a fetish relationship? or let's say a 24-7 relationship, especially if the relationship has this particular type of dynamic. I guess it would it probably wouldn't matter. It could be any type of dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think the same rules would potentially apply because we, t we then go back to the things like communication, consent, boundaries, 
Um, the other thing you guys talked about also was about uh, protocols and the boundaries we know aren't only physical, they're also mental, they're psychological. Yeah. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot that people have to go through, especially when you're in this headspace yeah. uh, 24-7. I think there has to be some kind of give and take, I think, between both people involved in a relationship. Uh, uh, very, very often, most people's eyes are bigger than their stomachs, <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. I want this. I want this. I want this 24-7 and 12 hours in and they're like running for the hills. So I think there's a lot, there's a, a line maybe that people need to provide to give themselves um, so that they they can move their their own border. They can move their own boundaries as they start to become much more relaxed in this relationship yeah. space, in this relationship headspace. Well, and that's you know, really important what you just said boundaries are so they're not fixed they're yeah. never fixed you could agree we could agree a boundary now and i could mull it over and they should always be what's the word reversible um changeable whatever you label you want to throw on that but apps a boundary should always be reviewable what's the Review word you use you, uh, are you talking about the whole fry thing? no no not necessarily just <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sorry, it's just something you said there. And I just thought, yeah, boundaries, it's, that's the other thing is there's, there's so many stereotypes and rules out there. You just do what's good for you, but always with a th note that you can change them. Yeah. And, and but, in, but I think it's important to, to, to say you can change them in both directions. You can, uh, you can trust someone more. That person who didn't want anal can sit yeah. with someone who they trust to, to re-enter that world, sorry, <laughs> pardon the pun, um, but, you know, to, to play with, with parts of their body they thought were off limits, that's okay. Or you can go, you know what, we've tried this, it's not working for me, I'm going to go the other way. Um, my, I would expand on that and say, don't label yourself or even worse, don't label what you're looking for too early because I wasn't looking for this relationship. I was looking... <laughs> for living in Thailand and having a slave every now and then, and then having my own life for most of the time, because I, I, I was bored of living in someone's pocket. I come back here and we've <laughs> literally not spent, have we spent one night apart yeah. I think, in that two years? Yeah. Um, and that, you know, it's like, what, what's going on? Um, it wasn't what we expected. If we had, gone in saying we're going to have this sort of relationship it would never have worked because what you end up doing is you sort of carve all those labels all those boundaries in stone and then they can't flex and they can't change to to what reality is and and you know it, reality comes in all the time when he's like master you left all the clothes on the floor and i've got so much to do and I'm like, oh, fine i'll put them in the <laughs> washing up basket you know yes that happens in a power exchange relationship because life happens but um that's because we've we've grown together as people and we've grown bigger as people together and so if you go, I, this is the relationship I expect, and this is the only one I'll expect, and the only one I'll, I'll, I'll ever allow myself to be in it, you're never going to find it. But just something Master just said there, Antron, just very quickly, and then I'll answer your question, is this the, the total power exchange relationship. Um, there was a time 
almost two years ago where something my long story short is my son took his own life that was catastrophic to me um and i didn't need to be in you know suffocated i needed support and somebody to be with me throughout that and you it's we it was still there overall but you things like the cooking and going and getting some food and because i literally lost my ability to function as well as having to sort out the logistical stuff and stuff um so that's just an example of how sometimes the reality versus the what we read and see how it's all you're supposed to be caged 24 7 365 days a year that sort of thing it perhaps sometimes doesn't it well it conflicts at times i think you know what i don't think it conflicted there at all because i think whether i was dom or if we'd we'd had a different relationship and i was sub i think you can use the skills in the relationship and i use the skills to hold you Hmm. And I, I literally, I remember on that day going, right, I am the fucking rock. I'm going to be a rock. I'm going to be here and keep him calm for the storm. If I was sub, I'd probably be like, I'm going to hold him up. And, and I used the skills within who I was to do that. Um, and, you know, with my coaching clients, I find them doing the same. I've got CEOs who, who are, are slaves who then use their skills as slaves, as slave, as leader. And vice versa. I've got, you know, dumb clients who who are trying to climb the career ladder. And I'm just like, okay, how can we use that that power? And I think our relationship has worked in that. But you can. You silly idiot. You started bringing that up. I think it's incredibly powerful. And I want to say thank you so much for being open and for sharing that with us. You know, I'm sorry that it's, you know, to hear that that's happened to you. And I can imagine it must have been beyond traumatic. Mm. I think most people would probably never expect to experience it in their lives. So thank you for, you know, for your honesty and your openness and for giving us that. Um, it's it's really super special and i think we have to then also say thank you for you know for being his rock and this is one of the things that i mean look people do i mean he's so cute i know and listeners if you can see them because i can see them you can't see them they're absolutely adorable but i mean this is the other thing when we talk about the things that strengthen a relationship and you also you've said it time and time and again you know that it's about making the relationship better, you know? Mm. And mm. I think maybe, uh, Matthew, you may not realize that you also make him better, you know? He makes you better, that's for sure. We all know <laughs> it. That's a given. But, but a it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's really good when you have this dynamic in a relationship that you, even though you have differences, you complement each other so well. And I think well, that's definitely yeah, something that's exactly, really important. Yeah. There's, there's a, I'm sorry, I said about what I said about stereotypes now, and now I'm going to live up to one. There's a Kylie song on the latest album, and it's, <laughs> and it's everything I like about myself is better than with better with you or something. And it's just, it's my favorite song because it just says it. So, <laughs> right. I'm going to search for that I'm and listen to that I'm, as soon I'm, as we're done. 
shout out to whoever the DJ at the VIP room for, for, for Recon last time because he left the Kylie album on repeat. <laughs> and we ended up dancing for about two hours to that. Because he <laughs> did. It was really yeah. good fun. <laughs> and he's coming back to play doing Fetish Week as well. So. Excellent. Yeah, and brilliant. speaking of that, you guys are also going to be making an appearance at Fetish Week at the Masterclass. We so are really we are. looking forward to that as well. We are too. Yeah. So for our listeners, if you've really enjoyed today's podcast, you can actually get more uh, during the Fetish Week Masterclass on the Wednesday, the 13th of July. So we're very much looking forward to seeing you guys there. So I want to say a huge thank you to you for coming on and giving so much of yourselves and being open and being welcoming uh, and being receptive to my every once in a while good questions I can sometimes throw out there. <laughs> your, your questions were fabulous. Thank you so much for having us on. Uh, and we'll have more on this soon. Thank you guys again. And our listeners, thank you for tuning into the Recon Podcast and we'll see you next time.